Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This morning we pray that, Father, you will bless everybody in this building. Also bless all the congregation out there watching over the internet and those coming to the second service and tonight again. And that this will be a day, like you said, the day of the Lord. For the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. None shall know, none shall expect. No man knows the hour. No man knows the day. But we look, all look upward, regardless of the times of trouble. We look upward and forward. You've given us a vision. You've given us a hope. You've given us a future. By faith, we overcome. You wash us in the blood of Jesus. You fill us with the Holy Spirit. We become temples of God. And so thank you, Father, that today we can sanctify our bodies unto you as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable in your sight. And that also, Lord, you'd wash us in the power of the blood that we sang about. And that, Lord, today will be a day that we'll be inspired, filled with your Spirit, with the hope of glory within our hearts, more than conquerors and accepted in the Beloved. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All God's people said, Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you here in the house of the Lord. Well, I do not know actually what date the school holidays begin or whatever, because we're in the month of December. 13th only. My goodness, the 13th of December. It's quite deep into December, but there it is. And a lot of people still here, a lot of people going away, a lot of people already going away. And uh, this time of the year, but... Good morning to all of you, and may God bless you. And uh, I'm going to go to um, the Bible, and I'll tell you what we'll do. And we'll go to the book of Habakkuk, or Habakkuk. I should be saying Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter number two and verse number two. From the New King James Translation. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. The vision. You've got a vision for your life. We all should have a vision for our lives. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. That he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And so we see Behold, verse 4, the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Or else said, like in the King James translation, the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am, as we come to the end of the academical year, 
Students have finished off, a lot of people are reconfiguring their lives. At the beginning of the year with a prophetic sermon that we have, the New Year's prophetic overview of the world, I said that this is the year akin to the third letter in the Hebrew alphabet, the Gimel, which is a picture, a pictograph of a camel lifting up, signifying you be lifted up and there will be movement in your life in this year. There's going to be a lot of movement on the planet's surface, nations. We see that happening all the time. And uh, it affected all of us. And I'm amazed when I even think of my own family, how it did affect us. And how people are moving around and advancing. You go into new projects and things. Now, in the book of Proverbs 29 and 18 is another one concerning the vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. This is from the King James translation. I still say the King James translation is probably the most accurate Bible since the days of the apostles. From that then the new King James. So from the King James here, where there is no vision, the same word, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. This word vision is from the Hebrew word, it's the Hebrew word chazon, which means literally, if I just quickly look here, uh, it is a revelation or a message from God, um, a possible focus of your life for future aspects concerning you, concerning a nation, concerning a church, concerning people. It is a divine communication. It is a revelation. Now, where there is no vision, the people perish. Aimless living, grinding from day to day, just going through the motions, not really knowing what happens tomorrow. I do not believe that it is the right thing to do for anybody not to have a goal and a vision for your future. I believe that everybody should have a desire to do something, particularly for the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God, for the almighty God, that we be fruitful, that we multiply. In this my Father is glorified, John 15. If you bear much fruit, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll bear much fruit, John 15. By this my Father's glorified that you bear much fruit. I have spent a lot of time in terms of personal life on getting direction from God. As a result, and after much fasting and prayer in the formation of this ministry and the birth of this ministry, I spent days on end in fasting and prayer, constant prayer, until finally God opened up a divine communication. And since the 9th and the 10th of October 1983, the Lord spoke to me there in the night and said, I have moved you into the office of a prophet and I've anointed you with the prophetic anointing. Never asked for it, never had any thought in that direction even. But then I said, like the prophet Samuel said, Lord, is that you? Was that you talking here in the night? Maud did not wake up. 
then please speak again. And the following night, six times I was woken up. Now from there I waited some time. I expected now something to happen. So nothing really happened for a period of time. Then only the Bible says in the book of Acts, and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. That's what it says on the day of Pentecost. That's what it says to the church. That's what it says God gave some in Ephesians 4 and 11, some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We call that the fivefold ministry. Therefore, our group of churches is called the fivefold group of churches, fivefold, fivefold ministries international. From the very beginning and from the onset, this is amazing how every time when it's a key time, the Lord would speak to me, either in a vision during the day, I would be taken into a divine communication and he would lead me, or at night I would have dreams. Even last night I had one again, unexpectedly, I say. I realized that it was birthed through much prayer, humbling yourself in the presence of the Lord. If you seek me, you will find me. If you search for me and seek me with all of your heart, that means all of your heart, you really want God to show you the future concerning your life or to impart to you the reason for your existence. Well, he did so with me. That was very clear because I was going that way and if it hadn't been for the fact that I had those communications, I would not be here today. I'd be doing something else, be right out of the will of God. People are too quick to make decisions. And I have seen from 1979 when I made a vow of consecration to the Lord on my way for my last university exams, um, I have seen since then many people, friends, family, not friends, church members, take the wrong road. Just do the wrong thing. Some people do the right thing, but they do the right thing wrong. You can do the right thing the right way. Then comes the fruit. So when it comes to visions, and I do not want to get into this because it's a major study. And of course, there are books that you could read on the subject. And we did so when we went to theological college and so on. But uh, you get open visions where like Jesus openly appeared in the midst of the disciples. You call that an open vision. Then you have totally closed visions. Like for example, Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. The temple was filled with smoke. Then he saw the powerful angel. Angels called seraphim. Seraphim means the burning ones. They are so close to God. They're so near to God. They have six wings. Cover their eyes, their faces, cover their feet, and with two wings they fly. And they shout day and night. Holy, holy. 
is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. They rested neither day or night. As we see again in the book of Revelation chapter number 5. Actually 4 plus 5. 4 takes you into the heavenly scene where the 4 and 20 elders are around the throne of God. 12 Old Testament, 12 New Testament. Visions are very important. Open visions, closed visions, partially open visions, like we've seen in some cases of the Bible where they heard the voice, but they couldn't see what was happening, and they got frightened away. They just ran away. Then you have dreams. Those dreams are not like normal dreams. I can tell you that. I can tell you that for sure. I mean, you have a dream, you know that's nothing specific. But then you have a dream that causes you to feel quite feverish afterwards. You feel you're very affected when the Lord begins to show you things. I believe that God has got a plan for your life. As we move forward towards 2004, I'll be talking about this on the New Year's Eve prophetic survey, which is the 31st. Yeah, what did I say, 2000? Oh yeah, 2024. But I was just checking up on you. <laughs> so it's 2024. But what does the 24 stand for? Because this 24 is major in terms of biblical mathematics, numerology, and, you know, all of that stuff. It, it gets complicated. Philip, was Philip at the back there, has he perhaps got that uh, image of that square? You know, I gave you an image of a square and I said, can you do something with this? Oh, there we go. Oh, thank you. So you talk about biblical mathematics, you talk about numerology, every letter means something. They're not just there. There's just one instance there. So um, let's say, for example, I give um, you the top line going there. And I give Jacques the bottom line going to the right, from left to right. I give um, Frank the second line from the bottom to the top, and I'll give my wife the third line from the top to the bottom. Now, what is now significant about this is that there is a message that we must learn, a clear message. So, what is the key to unlocking this, Dr. Dennis? How do you unlock that one? It's a typical thing that you find in numerology, and also in the Bible, in the codes. Every letter has got a code connected to it. And so you can interpret the scripture by that is typical things like 120 in the upper room, there were 40 years in the wilderness, and there were 120 on the day of Pentecost. So what is here? What's the key of this? What do you find in there? Okay, I'll, I'll, give, no, I'll give Rose the bottom left corner, work up in a row right to the bottom right corner. And I'll give, Olaf, you can get the top left corner down to the bottom right corner. Was kannst du mich erzählen? Was ist das? Herr Goebel, was ist das? Okay. Every way, no matter which way you take that table, it ends on 264. 
count that line, count that line, count that line, count that line, other way, this way, that way, line for line, block for block. It all comes to the same thing. And what am I saying? We are all at the foot of the cross. We are all the same. So if Dr. Dennis was, say, the second line from the top, from left to right, he would be equally created, essentially, all men have been created equally. And God starts off with your life with saving grace. You can take that off now, thank you. God starts off with your life with saving grace. Ephesians 2.9 For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Saved by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith is what you call saving faith there. Now, if I, for example, look at saving faith, we just now look at this man's vision, man called Samson. But if I look at, if I look at the, this, the King James translation, and I look at Hebrew chapter number 12, I mean Romans 12, I should say. And then it says, uh, in the third verse, I could quote it, but I'm going to read it here. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. That is cardinal. It's the measure of faith. Everybody say the measure of faith. Everybody say we all equal in the sight of God. It's like those, those numbers I just gave you that you find in that formula there. And if you, you know, you can sit for a long time and try to figure those things. You, if you didn't put any effort, you wouldn't find it. I enjoyed your faces this morning. I could see the smoke coming out of your ears like you were thinking about that. Of course, Rudolf had it straight away. I mean, it's a, but as God has given unto man the measure of faith. Now from the early days when we looked at that, in my days of, of training, it was a general thing to be said. If you take the King James, like I said, I think it's the most accurate Bible of the lot that had been translated since the days of the apostles. And uh, they said, well, every man gets the measure of faith. My measure of faith is not better than yours. Yours is not better than yours, and yours is not better than yours, and so on and so forth. We're all equal. The one thing you can do and do have is believe. Everybody say, I have the measure of faith. Now, if you didn't have, you couldn't believe unto salvation. How many have been saved in this place? Let me see your hands. By faith, you have been, by grace, you have been saved through faith. You've been given the measure of faith. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, John 3, 16, that whosoever believes in Him, believes in Him, shall not perish. Whosoever, whosoever believes, shall not perish, but receive or have everlasting life. The measure of faith makes it possible for every soul walking on that street to be saved. Are you listening to me now? So, when you look forward to start off with, you're in the starting blocks of yet a new year. Now we have the festive season. It's time for 
Christmas, I would like to say Christmas. I would like to say in the Afrikaans language, die Christus fees. Instead of like, if I translate it into English, for your sake now, because not everybody speaks Afrikaans here too, that you know, Afrikaans is a kersfeest, that is candle feast. It's not a kersfeest. It is the Christus feast. Can you say amen? amen? Now give Jesus a praise offering for that. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. So have you got a future vision? Have you got a hope for the future? One of the things we've seen in psychometry in terms of doing aptitude testing and I mentioned this last week as well, that most people that we've tested, that they have way, way underestimated themselves. Furthermore, they have gifts that are hidden talents that they've never developed. They are able, God equips everybody differently when it comes to the gift set, when it comes to the aptitude gift set. God gives you talents, He gives you abilities, and those talents and the discovery thereof and the use and the, the activation of your talents will take you through is appropriate, is appropriate to your future. Now, once you take the hand of Jesus and you start praying, then begins a revelation of the future. Now, you know what the Bible says in the book of um, Romans chapter 8 and 16, the Spirit bears with witness with our spirit, spirits that we are the children of God. In uh, 2 Corinthians 7, 1, Paul says, I speak the truth, I lie not, my Spirit bearing witness in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there. When you have a problem, in, you're facing something, you've got to get this thing resolved. The first thing you do is make sure that your life is right with God. Definitely so. Your life has got to be right with God. So as like in John 1 verse 7, it says, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That's what koinonia, there is a joint communication. God begins to communicate. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. One scholar pointed it out that what cleanses us is like, it's an aorist tense in the Greek, it's just like cleanse all the time, cleanse. It's like your own blood going through your body and it takes away all the toxic substance and that gets taken out of the body by the means of the body. And so the blood cleanses and it carries fresh blood to every organ and it removes all toxic stuff and you have the filtering system of the actual physical body and so on and so forth. Your blood is like, like that. But the blood of Jesus circulates through the blood of the body of Christ and His blood as we overcome by His blood, the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We have been bought by the blood of the Lamb. Your flesh and blood, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. However, there is the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the earth. Now let's just talk about that thing for a moment, just for a moment. Let me just go here. The Lamb of God. You say the Lamb of God? How many of you believe the Lamb of God was slain from the foundation of the earth? Absolutely. Right? And when He was placed on the cross, He was the Lamb of God that was sacrificed for us. And He Himself bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. The Bible says the punishment of our peace was upon Him and by stripes we are healed. But did you know 
that after, after the resurrection, the lamb turns into the lion of the tribe of Judah. You ever think about that? They call him the lamb. The lamb goes, sacrifices himself. When he's resurrected from Revelation 5, I think it's about Revelation 5 and 5, and it says, do not be, do not cry, do not worry. The Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. The Lion, the Lamb turns into a Lion. Now I say another thing, last week I told you from the book of uh, 1 John that His seed is within you, okay? I told you about Galatians 3. I told you about verse 7. I told you about verse uh, 28 where it says, if you're in Christ, you're Abraham's seed. Now we know that those who are of faith are the children of Abraham. If you're Abraham's seed and his seed is within you, and so the apostle John says, now we know that he who belongs to God, he who is a child of God, does not sin. That means to practice sin as a of a way of life. Why? Because his seed dwells within you. Now tell me something. We are all seen as the sheepfold of God. We come as living sacrifices. We have to present ourselves. Now don't look at me like that's not true. Okay, I'll give you Romans chapter 12 verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. And do not be conformed to this world, verse 3, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's verse 2, should I say? Verse 3 I see now coming up. That you be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable service of God, the perfect will of God even for your life. Present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. You are a living sacrifice. That lamb, once it's sacrificed, it's died on the cross, the lion dwells in your heart. I say the lion of the tribe of Judah dwells within you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that greater is He who is in you than He who is in this world? Am I making myself clear? And then he goes on in verse 3, he goes on and says, Therefore I say unto you that a man ought not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but he ought to think of himself soberly as God has dealt unto each man the measure of faith. Two things established. You have the measure of faith. And secondly, the lion of the tribe of Judah dwells within your heart. That converts you into a dangerous person in terms of Ephesians 6 from 12, actually you can take it from 10 too, when it says that, finally my brethren be strong in the Lord be uh, and the power of His might for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world and the spiritual hosts of wickedness and enemies. Paul says we wrestle. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4, 5, tells you also, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, but the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 
Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. Your prayer life is literally your powerhouse. It's literally the place of empowerment. It's the place of the fire of a man's heart. Therefore, Paul says these words. He says, I therefore remind you now to stir up the gift of God within you by the laying on of hands through prophecy. Stirring up is a Greek word there, by the way. It's the word anatsupereo. Now, that means to take a thing and f- like you have a barbecue or a brine and you're having coals out there in a, you know, just a coal fire and the thing doesn't want to take off. You take something and um, you hold it above like that and you do that. You fan that flame that, that those coals that are just glowing but they're not really, and you fan it into flame. Paul says that you do that. How do you do that through your prayer life? Because when you walk out of the door any day of the week and you have a vision for your life, God's given you both the talents, He's given you the gifts, He's given you the abilities, He's given you everything. You don't come short to anything. Today you hear that the lion of the tribe of Judah who has prevailed, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in you than he who is of this world or in this world. You have authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, Luke 10, 19. And of all of the power of the enemy, So why should I fear? For the Lord is near. King David said, why do you say to me, flee to the mountains if I'm trusting in the Lord? This man here had one weapon. Now I look at at, at, uh, Samson. If you quickly look at the, the Judges 13 to 16, you find Samson now. If you look at him, this one is... uh, this artwork, which I, I took a picture actually in the passages of the ancient city of Jerusalem, it's done by, um, by an artist by the name of um, Lilia Shosar is her name. Lilia Shosar or Lilian, Lilia Shosar, Shosar. This is her artwork and I just, I just had to take a picture of this. This is a real Jewish thing, this. Beautiful and you see the light breaking through because he's pushing, the whole thing's coming down. You see people here. And if you see the whole painting, you see some people already covering their heads. They're going to die now. And he's standing there. He takes them out because they never thought to keep his hair shaved. And there's one thing that happened to him. There's just one thing that happened to this man. He had godly parents. The book of Judges 13. Manoah was his father's name. And he had these godly parents, they must have taught him to pray. And so, when the roof needs to come down, when the stronghold needs to break, when you need a breakthrough, you'll get it when you also pray. This to me is a symbol of prayer power. Not just Samson brought the house down. I mean, we can uh, look at more images of that. Just, I mean, maybe they've, they've got some more images. I could show you more things. Well, that's, uh, that's in Judges chapter 14. He goes down to Timnah, gets a lion. Now, you know what? That lion is not out of size because we know the size of the lions in Africa. You look at the size of his head next to the size of a, a lion. A lion, on average in Africa, weighs 250 uh, kilograms but they have recorded up to 375 kilogram lions. Now, this one was obviously big. That is about right. And here you have 
Just beauty. Just brilliant. Get me another one there. Let's see what, he, what they've got here. Oh, yeah. Here's a little schoolboy. This one here, in case you don't know, he's, he's 17 years old. His name is King David. There's a vision on his life. There was a vision on Samson's life. There was a vision on, on I, I mean, Gideon. You can take them, Paul. All, they all had vision for their life. And you have this little boy, and he's going to strike with a single stone. If you study that armor that the Philistines wore, there's no way of putting him down. He was completely, and he was much heavier, bigger, stronger, everything. But one single, one of five stones, I still have four, five in my own study, I carry with me. I went to the same place where that battle took place, right on the spot. And uh, one shot, and the man was looking no more. The lights went out for him. This is Goliath. And he took him out. When you have a vision for your life, when you have a future for your life, remember this. Say this after me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've got to pray for the divine leading, the divine wisdom, God's guidance, the mind of Christ for my future. I have to write down the vision for my life. I have to understand I cannot achieve it without the Lord. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my strength. He's my shelter. He's my fortress. He's my very present help in the time of need. When I pray, when I obey, the Lord is with me. Who then can be against me? Because I am victorious in the beloved. I have the authority with the Lion of the tribe of Judah, even the Messiah, Jesus Christ the Lord, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy. Furthermore, what things soever, Matthew 16, Matthew 18, I bind on earth with authority. When I take authority, after praying for that authority, I step out into each day with a vision for my future, with a goal for my future. And when I bind, it shall be bound in heaven. As long as I am consistent to the Word of God. For the Word of God shall guide me all my life to do the right things and to do the right things right. So now I know that my Redeemer lives. Though He slay me, according to Job, yet shall I follow Him. How many of you can say amen to that? Give the Lord. Just a few words about vision because I spoke it like that and uh, I could have gone a thousand directions here, but just a few things about a vision concerning your own life. I am fascinated by the fact that people are very aimless concerning their gifts, their abilities, what they can do, what they can't do. 
Here's the, the overcoming factor. That, that when I cooperate with the gift set, let's call it in this case just talent, like said in the Bible, talents, that God has given me, when I operate it, according to a divine, a divine purpose connected to the kingdom of God, flow with the kingdom of God, okay? Take the hand of Jesus Christ, flow with the kingdom of God, stick to this word so that I don't start asking for things that are totally unscriptural. I cannot emphasize that enough. But if I stick to that, I have authority, I have power, I have ability. There's another thing which I find is quite fascinating. I wish I had a bit more time, but I've got about three minutes to talk about this. Do you know that people will follow you because of the anointing? How many of you believe that's the truth? Let me tell you something. How many of you think of the children of Israel wanted to follow David straight there when he took down that giant? In fact, then he went and he waged the wars for Israel until Saul got jealous and started persecuting him. But the anointing was working and he could never, ever fail because he was flowing with God. He's right in the will of God. He's a man after God's heart. And he had God in his heart. And he had the faith in God. He had the measure of faith that we all have. We have faith if we believe. And you know what? You can develop your faith to become great faith, strong faith, great faith, greatest faith, Whatever kind, because you get different levels of faith in the New Testament. You see Jesus using that terminology, even you have little faith, faith, great faith, and so on. You can develop your faith by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10 and 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You can develop your faith. You can develop yourself. But you've got to be clear about your vision. Now, let me tell you something. When I was with Maud and we were like kind of young, and I mean, that's like just the time of Noah's Ark somewhere there, just got off the Ark. We were just now young. I had people wanting me to go on in university. I had people saying to me, come and take immediately. I mean, I was like a green bean in the theological college. First quarter, they said, you've got to take a church in Pretoria. Another man came to me and said, we want you to start a gospel radio station. And I had all these people. Then there's another one. Uh, a friend of mine has gone on to be with the Lord, Dr. Anders Jonke. He wanted me to become a pastoral psychologist. So they all, I had a thousand carrots swinging in front of my nose. Now listen to me now. Not every opportunity is necessary of God. I simply said to them all, leave me alone. I will pray about this. And you know, at the end of the day, by a vision, quite amazing, it so came to pass that God gave me no alternative in 1988, but to become the senior pastor of this church. 1986, we planted the Bible school, but I was busy before that time doing evangelism. But we planted the Bible school and we've been going ever since. And the Lord was with us. And every step, every major decision we had to make, I would always wait for God for the confirmation. Man, I tell you that thing, that thing. He would talk to me concerning leadership that I may appoint in his house. You see, I have no church. God's got the church. 
I have no church members. God's got them too. I have no church building. I have no church grounds. God's got that too. The earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness thereof. We're just stewards of the kingdom of God. We proclaim the gospel. We take it out there. Every opportunity is not necessarily something that comes from God. The biggest problem, Rudolf, Rose, Jacques, Ulof, the biggest problem, hear me now, is a thing called impulsivity. People see a gap and they grab it. They don't pray properly. They don't go into fast and pray, having fasted and prayed, Acts chapter 13, the church out there in uh, Antioch. And there's the Apostle Paul and, and Barnabas is there. And uh, Barnabas is there. And they're busy praying. And then the Holy Spirit speaks. And the Holy Spirit says, Now separate unto me, unto me Saul and Barnabas, which is to become Paul. Separate unto me Saul and Barnabas for the work wherein I have ordained them. There is the unfolding of the man's vision which existed before he was born. Because God has got a plan with your life. But the problem is people jump at something, they leave, they go to Cape Town. They go live in Cape Town. Oh, the Lord has told me. We as a family was moved to Cape Town. I've had this. I've had this. I've had many of this. Well, the Lord is telling us, hallelujah. The Lord has told us that we got to move to Cape Town and we'll have our breakthroughs. Six weeks later, they're back in the church. I thought, you're in Cape Town. No, no, no. The Lord didn't tell us. I made a mistake. And we lost a lot of money. When you have an opportunity, the Lord knows, get on your knees, get in a prayer closet, take a bottle of water, and pray until you have the divine revelation. He speaks to all of us. He doesn't speak to a chosen few. He speaks to everybody. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirits, Romans 8, that we are the children of God. We know that those who are led by the Spirit, says Paul, are the huios, the mature children of God. They're led by the Spirit. They've learned to listen to the Spirit. When you go with the Spirit, God will give you the necessary help. He will give His angels charge concerning you. They will guide you on all your ways. You will not bump your foot against a stone. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Just last night, I saw a thing now that was very interesting to me in that vision. I haven't got the time to tell you now, but I will tell it at the appropriate time. And there is time to tell you the story. But think of your future. Document what you actually want to do with God in the center place of your life. So that when everything else around you flutters around, you are holding on to the word of truth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. You open this book. You don't carry this book. This book carries you. And you say, Lord, I have this, that, the other. I'm going into fasting about my future. Because I'll say this to you. I kijk nu voor jullie, maar jullie kijk nu voor mij. In die tweede rij van vooraf. Dus gevaarlijk. It is dangerous to make decisions out of the will of God. Just very bad. The wheels come off. Can you say amen? Just look at somebody next to you and say, I love you with the love of the Lord. Come on, do that. 
and stand up to your feet and give the Lord a praise offering. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a major thing concerning 2024. The Bible is very clear. I spend my life in Scripture. Major things lined up for the new year. This church, yesterday was like a church service with all the people here on a Saturday morning praying. We need to keep praying. Get clarity through your prayer life. Don't be impulsive. Formulate the vision for your life. Formulate that which you see God enables you for. Then believe in God and activate your gifts. Don't underestimate yourself. Don't let people tell you what you can't do. Let the Word tell you what you can do. This is the constitution of this church. This is the constitution of your own life. Because none of us can go against the Word of God. Can you say amen? I'll see you tonight, by the way. How many of you say amen to that one? Amen. Have a great time here. Children are also going to vary. It's a family night. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up His countenance over you. Bless you. Give you peace. Provide in your needs. Heal you. Give you wisdom. Give you insight. Give you foresight. Lead you by the Holy Spirit. And bring into focus the very vision of your life and your purpose. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And everybody said. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.